Welcome, Welcome you to Porch, Porch Talk. Talk. This is your host, Alan, and this is a Zoom call. Say hi, YouTube, and uh, if you're on the audio version, Apple, Spotify, however you get it, I've got Varya here with me. Hello, hello. So, Varya, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah I'm really excited about this interview. Shout, Shout out, out to, to Igor, Igor for looking this up. <laughs> yes, he's done quite a bit to kind of get me out of my little box and be like, okay, you've got the album. How do we actually put it out there now? So, yes, shut up. How, how, how did y'all connect? Uh, we've been uh, kind of in the same circles in Russian-speaking musician world in New York for probably over a decade without ever really officially meeting. I'm, I'm sure we've crossed paths at like a party or a concert here and there, but never really knew mm -hmm. each other. Um, but I'm friends with like half of his bandmates. So it just kind of came together. He was like, I'm looking to promote musicians. I'm like, I'm that. <laughs> I need that. So we just- He, he has been such a blessing. blessing. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, has, he has connected, connected me to so, so many, many people. Nice, I love that. Yeah, he's a go-getter in that. And I think he's, um, I didn't know that in our community, because he's played in a lot of bands. And like I said, a bunch of people that I'm friends with or played with before. And I always knew his name and that he's kind of usually in the background, this quiet guy. I did not know that he was the one kind of managing the business behind all of those bands. And I had no idea. And so when I put that together, I'm like, we have to be friends, Igor, <laughs> properly yeah. this time. Yeah. yeah. So, so just, just a little bit about you and your background. Mm -hmm. Tell, me, Tell me a little bit about where you're from and growing up. Yeah, well, I'm originally from Moldova, so that's post-Soviet world. And, I mean, this is a Romanian-speaking country, and they have since very much reclaimed their Moldavian roots, Romanian language, all of these things. But I am of the Russian-Ukrainian descent, so it's a very mixed kind of bag of where you go. And um, Yeah, so I speak Russian. My world was very much Russian music of the time. Russian bard music was what was in my house. My parents played guitar, sang on stage. It was kind of a very... Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a very musical environment, but at the same time, it was very casual. Like, it was just... I've. The closest I can describe it is the first time that I, I moved to Austin once for a little while, and that hit me in a, much the same way, where everyone is a musician and no one is a musician. <laughs> so it was kind of that vibe. Like, I didn't even know that singing was a thing. I didn't know that until I was in high school in New York <laughs> when I got into a choir, and they're like, you can sing. I'm like, can't you? And they're like, no, that's... <laughs> I didn't Everybody's know. doing it. Everyone's doing it. It was just what we did in the family. So... That was kind of my background, I guess, growing up. And it was a big contrast of very like soulful, lyrical, um, poetic, deep music that my parents did and like MTV trash because I didn't have, like there was no healthy me medium. <laughs> so it was a very kind of fun, you know, the first times I tried to sing songs, it's like, I'm gonna be a pop star. And very quickly realizing that that is a terrible idea. <laughs> Nor do I even like that music very much, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, I mean, a, lot for a lot of people, people I, mean, I mean, if you pay attention, attention to the top 40, 40 that, that is the way. way. Yeah. It's like, if you're, if you're going to do it, you got to do it this, this cookie cutter, cutter way. For sure. Well, growing up, I think it was also um, very much a rebellion from my parents because what they did was very uncool, like so uncool. <laughs> and... Yeah, so it was very natural, you know, to just go listen. What what are the kids doing in school? What is what's on TV? And um, it took me some time to kind of draw away from that and actually find what do I genuinely like? What is my music? And that was very different as I <laughs> discovered. Yeah. yeah. Now, that now that you're grown, grown and, and you're writing your own music, music does, does that, that influence come back, come back now? now? I think so, very much. Like my, yeah, it's been pointed out to me many times. I don't purposely try to do that, but definitely people kind of from my childhood has reached out. My mom has pointed it out. Many friends that I know who are kind of in the Russian bard realm are like, that's what you're doing. And the way my brain even works around it, to me, it's always um, kind of 
poetry first or lyrics first. It's always kind of that's how my mind works about it. And the music is just the venue to support what I'm trying to say with my words. Same. And so even if it's a very different sounding genre from what I grew up with, it's very much how my brain puts it together. So something there definitely stuck in my mind, even no matter how much I tried to fight it as a kid. <laughs> you know, so, you know so, so many people in uh, the music community that I'm in, when I tell them about my process, it's backwards to them. Okay. Like, like they, they'll come up with a melody and the music. Right. And construct it around that. Mm-hmm. And I approach it like a poem. And I build around those words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's, everything is just backwards to me. Are you, Are you left-handed? No. <laughs> no I, was say, I was like, maybe it's, maybe it's the brain. Backwards. I mean, we can, you know, dive into how this album was recorded because that was completely backwards from anything I've ever seen, how how albums should be recorded. <laughs> no, but I very much oh. relate to that. I think to me, I mean, most of the time I write kind of lyrics and music at the same time, but it's still not, not what my brain recognizes. I know so many musicians who could not even, you know, most of the musicians I've played with, even who've supported my music, I always come to them, you know, guys, this is a very serious song about X, Y, Z, and we're going to feel this and that. And they're like, which one is this again? <laughs> you know, nobody knows the lyrics. And it's just because people's brains hear differently and feel differently, you know. So in that regard, I always think that I'm not quite a musician the way I know musicians to be. I'm very much living the world of, in the world of music. But um, to me, that comes somehow as just the background, kind of the backsplash. Yeah, yeah well, congratulations, congratulations on Odin Rivers. Rivers. Uh, beautiful work. Hmm. I love, I love the, the artwork, and, and like, I like I was telling you before, we got, we got going, Florence, Florence and the Machine, and, and I, man, I can just get lost, lost in your songs. songs. Yeah. They're, 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 they're great. Oh, great great job. Thank you so much for saying that. They're not very catchy, <laughs> but they <laughs> I hope that they you know catch you in a different way somehow. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, so a, a, Tell us a little about the process. How did you do it? Yeah, I mean, the process, technically speaking, was to me the most kind of backwards thing. Uh, But there's even kind of a longer process to it. So these songs were kind of scattered in writing across four or five years. um, And kind of in a time where I wasn't playing music. So taking a few steps even further, I used to have a band way when I was, you know, my late teens, early 20s. We played a bunch all around New York City. Um, We went to, you know, some local festivals and things like that. And then finally recorded an album right where it's kind of, it was that growing up cusp where, you know, someone's going off to college, someone's 10 years older than us and now has a real life. And my voice was cracking up and I couldn't sing anymore. It was a whole other story there. Um, but basically everything kind of fell apart on the one hand, very naturally, not because, you know, dramatically the band fell apart, but just it came to a natural conclusion. And after that, it was just, I don't know, kind of life went on and I didn't really sing. I, I mean, I physically I couldn't sing for a while um, or I barely could talk. And so singing these songs kind of came from a very different place at a time where I didn't even think to write for public anymore. I was just learning how to play guitar properly, all of these things. And I just did it to my kind of on my own headphones in. And I think this is the first time in my life that I even heard what my voice actually sounds like. I think what was that like for illuminating and very slow, like it was a slow descent. It wasn't like, whoa, I can sing. It was more, you know, I've been singing in choirs and things like on stage with my parents since age what, five, six, seven. So it's never been a question of whether I can or not but I've you know I'm a girl you always you know and I grew up like I said watching TV and pop top 40 or whatever and that's you're trying to sound pretty you're listening to all the musicians who are really trying to sound pretty and it wasn't until obscure random musicians that I started listening to who are grungy who are you know Soko this French musician who's like 
is has her voice is, seems to be lost all the time. I don't know what it is, laryngitis. I don't know what's going on, but she is crisping half of her songs and hits me so much every single time. Just such depth and and sincerity in her words that things like that have been waking me up. Some of my favorite male musicians who I for the first time was realizing, whoa, that's not like a beautiful voice, but. This dude is singing so deeply from the heart and it hits me in that way. And it just shifted something in my mind of just singing for myself. And that opened a whole new realm and writing came from that as well in a whole new way. Um, yeah. And so- Embracing obscurity. Very much. In, in, not tr- in, the, in the not trying to sound pretty, to write something that people will like, all of my friends are always like, Mari, you need to write happier songs. And I'm like, when I try to write for you, maybe I will. <laughs> But for the first time, I was kind of freed because there was no audience to just write what actually comes naturally to me. And so that's kind of that process. And again, it wasn't, you know, one event that all the songs came together. It was kind of scattered. I accumulated them over a period of time and then started kind of naturally singing, you know, first to friends. Then I started playing solo at some small shows again. I started being invited to old festivals that I was at before. Um, in a very small way. I was making like baby steps back onto the stage and just realized how impactful it is. And there was always this hilarious divide on any stage that I'm stepping into of people who know me who would be like, okay, we're ready to feel like it's going to be a thing. And then people who would just fall asleep somewhere in the back and people who are like, oh, no, Varya, this is going to be sad. I got to go. <laughs> it's it's always this divide. And I very much welcomed it because I'm like, OK, so out of this audience, this third is going to listen and I'm going to and, and great rather than any time I before try to sing in a bar where it's loud and we're trying to make people dance or something. I never, ever felt heard or like there was any value to it. I would rather be drinking at the bar, frankly, <laughs> in that atmosphere. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, I do like those listening room settings. Yeah. Where people are coming for music. Yeah. Not to meet up with a friend and talk over the musician. A hundred percent. Yep. And that's that's kind of what drew me back in, just approaching it from a very different angle. Yeah. And then in recording the album. So finally, I mean, that was a very slow process of how I even got to it. At that point, I was living far away from home. I did not have a band. I had no idea how to record an album. I didn't have a proper microphone, nothing. So it was just me kind of stumbling in the dark, trying to figure it out. Um, Gene Chaban, who is just a genius, he used to be the guitarist in my band, but he since has studied electronic production in at Berkeley and is just, you know, making sound for video games and doing crazy electronic stuff, which is just beautiful. He was my guide a lot in the beginning of, you know, just basic things, how to use logic, how to, I don't know, adjust your mic, very, very small steps. And so I started recording just my, my voice and guitar, and that's all I had. I was, um, I started this actually in like a tool shed in Austin when I was living for a little bit with just horrible acoustics, but it was enough for me to just figure out what the hell I'm doing. And then by the time I was ready to record a little bit better, I have, this was beginning of COVID. I had moved back to New York area um, and COVID being what it is. So my job is very much working with newborns. I coach women to give birth and things like that. But in, um, in COVID, there was no work. Everyone was super afraid. And so I found a family who was in a airtight sealed bubble (laughs) and needed a Mm -hmm. nanny to live with them. And I'm like, great. So I moved in with them and they had a basement where I just set up and I would nanny during the day, musician during the night. And I just shut down there for like three or four months. That was my solid, like it was complete solitude, like to the point of insanity, probably at some points, but it gave me the chance to just really play and really figure out what I'm doing. And so that was kind of the setup (laughs) of most of what we did. Uh, and the, I was saying that how, how the album was recorded kind of backwards, which is that, you know, the classic, I mean, you do kind of a scratch track or vocals, basic guitar, you do drums, you do bass, kind of, you do the things that drive the, you record the sounds that drive the music. Um, and not only did I have no arrangement for that, I had like no clue what any of those instruments would even sound like, uh, I didn't have them. So I just recorded guitar to click 
all the vocals. I started coming up with way more vocal arrangements than I've ever played with before. I think because it felt empty to me. So it wasn't even some big vision of many vocals. It was just like, oof, we need more sounds here. So that's how that came to be. And this album, if you've heard, I mean, there's there's a lot of vocals going on, uh, a lot of layers, a lot of different lines and storylines of vocals going on. Um, and that kind of came on the spot. This episode of Porch Talk is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Caldera Lab. If you go to calderalab.com slash porch uh, at checkout, you can use promo code porch and save 20% off your total purchase order. A little bit about Caldera Lab. It was clinically tested to work on dry, normal, and oily skin. Nine out of ten men who tried this product continue to do so, and they could tell a difference uh, with their skin. Uh, There's an improvement in the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, elasticity, dark spots, skin tone, and more. It really helped me out with the crow's feet and the wrinkles on my forehead. I have been using the good for about a week now and they also uh, sent me the clean slate icon and the base layer and uh, i've never really been into skincare products i was excited to give caldera lab a shot and i'm glad i did and so as you get a little bit older like myself um, maybe you would like to give these skincare products a try for your face and maybe you'll tell a difference just like i am uh I'm 32, but I'm currently looking about 23. So uh, look out for me. Once again, if you go to calderalab.com slash porch, use promo code porch, and you'll save 20% off of your purchase order. Back to the show. I really really enjoy putting putting it on on when I'm just sitting sitting outside outside and just just having a drink after work, work, you know? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, to wind down. And there's lots of nature kind of elements to it. So bring it outside. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that way, it was very much recorded backwards. And then I started kind of, okay, we've got this down. It's becoming to be a real thing. I think I'm going to actually make an album. Like, what do I do next? <laughs> um, so I started calling up all my friends. And in the end, funnily enough, it was all the same musicians that I've been in the band with when I was a child. <laughs> it would, you know, just somebody was recording, uh, you know, my buddy uh, Misha Kuznetsov was recording trumpet and clarinet way from Portland, just sending me tracks. My bassist and the drummer, I came to their house with my little tiny box and we kind of thumbled around, make, made up some lines, um, performed, I, you know, with the same focus, right? I'm doing this interview right now. So very much, you know, handmade process. I had no idea how to record, but somehow I was the studio that <laughs> recorded everybody. Um, same goes with cello. Uh, my friend Camilla did the piano on uh, the fight, which was beautiful. I've never had a piano in my band before, so that was a whole new addition. She was a new uh, member of the family and just transformed the song entirely. So things like that. It was kind of a, you know, I packed my pack, went around the world collecting sounds. <laughs> And very that's, much that's, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, to a tiny click, you know, dr- dr- drums was one of the last things that we recorded, which is so hilarious to me now looking back because it's, back- it's backwards. It's very backwards. If you really listen carefully, knowing this now, you will notice just how crooked the album is. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not linear. The 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 click is not accurate (laughs) so yeah but it was you know it just happened organically like that it's kind of mother what's the saying the necessity is the mother of invention it just came to be that way yeah and then same body gene put together all the electronics made it into something way next level made it sound like a real album made in a real studio and yeah move on from there well, how do you, well, how do you feel, feel about it now? Oh, I now love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm kind of shocked to begin to, to be honest, like looking back to those early days and just thinking, you know, sitting in that tool shed, I might make an album, you know, because the first time we did it, we had a big band. We had, you know, we sat in a room together. We, we've been already playing these songs in a big way forever. We got, you know, a studio with an engineer, like five heads thinking at the same time. It was a big process. And frankly, I've never been 
remotely as happy with that album as I am with this one. It was just okay. <laughs> and so to to do this from nothing, it's a huge... I feel like this is a much bigger accomplishment than any like big professional album that I could have made because this came yeah. very much from community, from the heart. Well, you well you've mentioned a little bit about uh, your travels. travels. Mm -hmm. if, 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 you if you don't mind, mind tell, me, tell me a little, a little bit about, about your journey, journey uh, to, <laughs> to here, you know? And, and even, you know, you know moving, moving around to get, get those, those recordings. recordings. Yeah. Oh, gosh, for sure. I mean, I've been everywhere. It's <laughs> the funniest thing when it comes to music. You know, if, you, if you've put out music before, you very much know that everywhere they want you to identify where you live, where you're based. Mm -hmm. any any show any i don't know same even podcast you know you looking for local musicians local this local that i don't think i've ever been local <laughs> i'm not a vagabond backpacker you know i but i moved so many times that i don't even know where i am anymore um well no i know i am in san francisco right now i've been here for about a year but probably by the next album i'll be somewhere else <laughs> to be totally honest uh, New York has been home for the most of the time. That's where my family is at. That was where my family immigrated to when I was 14. But though even before that, we've actually, our first landing spot was in New Orleans. So that's kind of oh, was oh, my, wow. my American start. And I am so grateful for that. I was 12 years old, but it was the absolute coolest landing pad because it wasn't a lot, a lot America. Of culture. Yeah, it wasn't America. It was very different. Um, the music definitely was incredible. Just seeing musicians on the street as a kid was like, oh, it was incredible. Um, but it was very short lasted because we came there right in. Oh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the wrong year if I try. But basically, I went to school for about six months and then Katrina hit. Oh. So that was a that was a journey. Two thousand five ish. Yeah. Somewhere. is when we probably arrived there and then yeah so we were there during Katrina for a few weeks afterwards and then from there that's how my family went to New York because we had some friends there and you had to go somewhere you know we didn't we didn't leave when the when the hurricane was coming frankly we didn't know how big of a deal it was nobody knew um, but then they're like okay you stayed congratulations you survived you still have to leave <laughs> So we went to New York and the rest of our life started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about, what, about, what, what were you into, into uh, uh, like, like as, far as far as a career path? path? Like, like you're, you're a doula, doula. How'd, you how'd you get into that? Oh gosh, that's uh, very different. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think just coming to how I grew up and music wasn't really a thing. I've always done music, but it was never, it never occurred to me that it could be, a career <laughs> so I was always told you know you need a real job and to me it was just something to work with kids always I was the kid who babysat all the other kids at every party with when I was little um, so that just came naturally and I never went to college uh, for you know originally immigrant complication reasons but then eventually I was already working full-time and I just kind of moved on and realized I didn't need to go to college so yeah, I was a nanny at first, and then somebody had a baby. I started working with babies. I loved that more. Eventually started kind of educating the parents more than they were telling me what to do. And it just kind of kept snowballing. Um, so about seven years ago, I just transitioned into uh, birth. And now I'm coaching women to birth <laughs> and teaching you about newborn care, Childbirth education. Yeah, I love it. It's a very different world. I feel like I live in yeah, two yeah. very different realms, but it's it's something that definitely still works, I think, in the same place in my mind, which is deep, deep connection. I'm going into big depths with the ladies I work with and, you know, accessing something that you don't really get at normal doctor's appointments, a lot of times not with your friends. I'm your sister, I'm your therapist, I'm your mom, <laughs> all of these things, your coach. And I think when I do music, you know, it's the same thing. All of my songs seem to be kind of, to me, at least something very mentor, kind of, you know, I don't know, call, call, call to, a call to be a little bit higher. And I think that's what I do yeah, in yeah. anything that I do. So somehow, on a weird <laughs> tangle, it resonates and it works together. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So, so uh, 
New Orleans, New, Orleans, New, New York. York. Right. You mentioned Austin. 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 Yeah. I well, I never really felt like New York was the place for me to be. It's too noisy. It's too much. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I tried. I mean, I've been there for on and off for 15 years, um, and you know, all my fam family and friends are there, so it is home. But it's never been a peaceful place for me to live. So I've always tried to run away to different places. From just living in different spots in the tri-state area to eventually I, I bought an RV and traveled around a bunch and just kind of lived on the road for a while. Landed in Austin somehow, you know, our RV kind of died at that point and we just stopped. Uh, so Austin was semi-accidental. I definitely wanted to stay some time in, in Austin. It's a very, uh, I mean, music First of all, that was kind of the thing that drew me the most. And the fact that I knew how many people were moving to Austin at the time, it was like something something like 100 people a day were just moving to Austin at the time. This is five, six years ago, maybe seven now. I don't know. It's So it was um, just... It really, it really became a mecca it is. for music. Yeah. I think the, the vibe that I got is very much that people from all over, like the weirdos of Texas, just run to Austin. And that's where the the, the weirdness pot is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Can't say that I'm the fan of the weather. It's too much. <laughs> it's just too hot. But I just, I, I've never meant to stay. I think it was for me, you know, I, I've, I love experiencing actually living in different places. I've never been a good vagabond, even just living in the RV that's too fast. But I like to stay in one place for a few years, really absorb the culture, really kind of assimilate a little bit, and then go to something what else. What do you think he took away from it? From Austin? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah, good question. You know, just being open. I think people are so open and free to be themselves, and not in like New York cool weird way, or the San Francisco weird hippie and that's our cool way. But just genuinely your weird, genuine self. <laughs> Austin is so welcome to you being exactly who you are. Uh, the fact that, that you still go to a Friday night club and you're and you're playing country music and singing and, and dancing like do si do or something. It's it's fantastic. I love how much culture there is there and how welcome everyone's weirdness is. And in terms of music too, the thing I said about it kind of um, reigniting that understanding of everyone and nobody's a musician at the same time brought back my life of music a little bit, you know, in a new way that I could just, yeah. just, just, just play. You don't have to be good or fancy about it. You don't have to have music out. Just play, just write. I remember, I remember uh, I'm from, I'm from a fairly small, small town. town. Mm -hmm. And so, and so when, when I got into the music thing, scene, there ain't, there ain't that many fish, fish. Mm -hmm. and it's a small pond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember moving down to Mobile, okay. Alabama, uh -huh. and such a big pond. Okay. And very little fish. Okay. <laughs> and it was, and it, was, it, was so it was so hard, hard to get traction. traction. Mm. But, but yeah, then once you, once you finally get in, in and, the and the music community really opens up to you, and, and you kind of find your place. place. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what has that been for you as, you as you've moved around? around? Oh, that's a really good question. I love that analogy, though. Big pond, little fish. Yeah. That hits home. I think it's it's been probably harder for me to find a community and a niche. I, the majority of my... Uh, community, I guess, or anyone who knows me as a musician knows my music is still in New York. And it's very much the Russian community, or Russian speaking community, rather, very important distinction, distinction these days. Uh, yeah, and it felt, you know, in a in New York, it always felt very much like this is a huge musical Grand Central. And yet, I am kind of in this Russian speaking bubble. And I could mm -hmm. never break off from it. And I realize now how amazing that community is and so how, how lucky oh, I was I to them. have that. But I but growing up, it was very much like, how do I break off? How do I break out of this? And it was a bit of a struggle. So that was the coolest part about moving, just expanding those horizons a little bit. Even though still you know, New, York, New York will always be kind of that original 
landing spot for for my music for sure yeah and in austin i think it's the when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. How do I even put this? I think it's it's a very big city, size-wise, and at the same time, everybody knows everybody. And yeah, once you kind of get in, then you know everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that in isn't this mysterious wannabe. You can't sit with us club. It's it's just local kids, and everyone is just trying to have a good time. Everyone has a real job somewhere and just wants to play some music on a Saturday afternoon or a Friday night or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was that was great. I think it reignited a lot of my not even love in music. I've always had that, but I guess some courage or something to just come out and play. And and I say the word play here in both meanings. Like just play with it. Just feel, just go out there. You don't have to be particularly good. You just have to enjoy it. That's the only prerequisite. So that was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell, tell me, tell me a little bit about, about now that you have the album finished, but is, but it, is a soul ever, ever truly finished? Or is, or is it living and breathing? <sighs> um, oh, that's a good question. I think the songs, once I write them, it's really hard to go and edit anything. They're mm-hmm. written in stone. I have no idea how or why but they're done but then when i started recording by myself for the first time the canvas was so much wider and i could want to go outside the lines yeah and so now i'm i I look at it so differently so even listening to the album not one of those songs is finished in my mind (laughs) i'm always like okay but a little bit more of that a little bit less of that and i can and what about this whole line and that instrument would have been good or i didn't record this correctly so i don't know if a recording could ever be finished but in my writing process it's very much one and done and it's even it's almost like i the older i get the more i write the more i make myself to go back there and no, you should edit. Like, no, there's no writer in the world who writes a book and doesn't edit it. <laughs> you have to go back and see, especially since, you know, songs that have been written emotionally and really quickly. So I try to do that. But I don't know. Somehow if I write, it's written. It's done. <laughs> Both musically and lyrics, just it, it's hard to play with it. But then recording it opens up a whole new venue to do that. Do you, do you have someone that you, that you share these with? with? When you, when you think, think they're done, done to, give to give you validation, validation or, or, or critique? critique. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, friends, it used to be my sister, always. She has to hear, I, you know, you use the word kind of for, for approval or critique or for validation. I think I used to do that a lot more. And my writing got exponentially better and more interesting, at least for me, when I stopped mm-hmm. doing that. So it's oh. much more that I have a song, it's done, would you like to hear it? Rather than, hey, I like, I like that. I think it's a song. <laughs> what do you think? Because I used to do that a lot. And my sister would be my biggest fan and my biggest critic. And if she didn't like something, it was ruined. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it's very healthy to just kind of step back from it a little bit at least for me because maybe i was just more receptive to criticism i don't know than someone else um but i got a lot better when i just started to just let's pretend no one will ever hear this what will it sound like then what inspires, what inspires you? you 
I owe, I owe them rivers. rivers. Take, Take me back to that. Yeah, owe them rivers. <sighs> owe them rivers is a very existential exploration <laughs> period in my life. Um, and you know, a big component, something that I've actually haven't really talked about about this album and other interviews yet, is that it doesn't read as in any kind of a relationship or love ballad in any way, I don't think. Um, but it was very much, I was in a relationship that I was unhappy in and we had a lot of very opposing beliefs. A lot of very opposing just ideologies or things that we just saw very, very differently in life. And I think to me, that was, uh, that was the inspiration because all I knew how to write before that were love songs that I thought people wanted to hear. And so that was the way I started writing. And then it pivoted into something way deeper, way different. And so now, years later, when I go back and listen to those songs, I mean, the meaning of each one of these songs has changed so much for me. And if you ask me again in a year, I'll tell you the meaning completely differently, probably. I keep finding something new in it. Um, but a, an interesting angle to it is that some of these songs like Molds and Odom Rivers, these songs were very much a conversation with somebody directly that was not necessarily about our relationship, but the things that we disagree on and how to get a little bit softer, how to accept more. And that was both my exploration of the other person's ideologies that I, I, that, that I don't agree with um, and finding some softness in me stop fighting as much. I was a very feisty teenager, very much I know better and I'm going to do all these things and against the world. And so it was a big dialogue like that for me. And you can hear that I think in a lot in 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 most of the songs on this album that it's you know, even the song The Fight, it's I want to fight a little yeah, bit less. <laughs> you know. That one, that one resonates. Yeah. And you know, and you know they, they say, say that, that uh an artist, An artist is in, is in constant, constant need, need of tragedy. Of tragedy. Hmm. You know, you know, and that brings out the best. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that that that's how every artist works, but I definitely resonate with that. For me, yeah. Yeah. writing music or poetry or just you know in my journal, whatever, that's always a place to put all my sorrows or my doubts, all my bad feelings everything down to most people are very surprised if they know me first and then they hear my music because i come off so tra-la-la and then they hear me and they're like whoa you're, where you're that come from you're so dark and sad and to me that's not and even these songs to me they're very bright there's so much hope and there's so much kind of learning and coming to grow kind of um almost like a coming of age <laughs> vibe in it to me, that's how I write. So I don't mean for them to be said necessarily. Um, but that's definitely my safe space to just put all of my existential dread onto. What do you, what do you make of the future? What do you, what do you wanna, wanna, what do you wanna do? What do you, I wanna music? do? I'm already working on the next album actually. So that's fun. Um, and saying what I just said, the next one is actually way sadder, I think. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, but it's very honest. It's very, it's a lot more straightforward, I think. Um, and it's an EP for now. It's half recorded already. But it took me so long to record this album that already those songs are aging. And I think now I'm adding more and now it's growing to maybe be a full length album. I'm letting it breathe. I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> so I'm going to get to it when I get to it, uh, which is another freedom of not trying to, you know, not working in a band, having so much kind of not having any deadlines. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's an album in the process. What's your, What's favorite, your favorite pastime? pastime? Like, to, like read? to read? Pastime. I love to read. Uh, I knit. Cool. <laughs> I, cool. Love, I love hiking. I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, a lot of audiobooks. I definitely watch a lot of shows, so I'm not going to be all fancy and I just read and hike. Um, but, but yeah, but I, for me, a good audiobook in my ears and uh, some yarn in my hands and a sweater later, I feel enlightened. <laughs> what, uh, what, uh, what genre? What books? genre for books? Oh, 
Uh, I love well. I love classical reading. Uh, I try. I, I I've I went a couple of years ago on a spree of reading every single book by Virginia Woolf, and that was a journey, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but it depends. I think I. I mean, I like to listen to a lot of nonfiction because that just gets, you know, it just processes better. And probably a very boring answer, but I just listen to a lot of books about childbirth and and infant care and things like that because that's my work. Yeah, but reading right now, I mean, I have actually a Virginia Woolf book on my nightstand and I was just trying to figure out what's what next to read on my Kindle. I tend to read like three books at the same time. Wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, one will be like in the bedroom. One is more boring than the other. Another one in the in the <laughs> ears. It's yeah. Very, very cool. <laughs> Well, well uh, do you feel like sharing a song? Yes, absolutely. Oh, this is my little, my little guitar that also is covered with lyrics and things. Oh, I like, oh, I like that. that. Always, yeah. So, hmm, I think I'm gonna go with the song "The Fight" since you said that that one resonated with you, and this is the song that kind of started the recording process of this album. "The Fight" to me is a very, very special song. It's the only one on the track that doesn't have a drum beat and is um, was actually inspired again by Virginia Woolf. I don't know why she's coming up in this podcast as much, but <laughs> um, but I, I was very, very much inspired by her writing, her stream of consciousness writing and just how there's so many lines that you have to read again and again. And each time you'll find a little bit I, I don't know, a new meaning, a new angle to it. And so this is how the writing process came for this. And as to the meaning of it, I'll leave that up to you for now. Okay. Okay. Come on in, the water's fine, she said. Break the wheel, cross the line, take a breath, pass it down, look around. It was all about us, and now it's gone. To believe in a soul is to mistrust a mind, to misuse the guide for which our fathers died. But my father left me in a field that's mine, she said. Come on in, the water's fine. So I walked right into the white wild waves I wanted to feel how much my soul weighs But the bright world around me began to scream Scared I let the water take me other side as we turn the to believe in a soul is to mistrust a mind to misuse the guide for which our fathers died but my father left me in a field that's mine she said come on in and join the fight So I walked right into the white wild waves I wanted to feel how much my soul weighs But the bright world around me began to scream Scared I let the water take 
thank me. He This episode of Porch Talk is also sponsored by Manscaped. You can go to manscaped.com and at checkout use promo code Porch Talk, all one word. Porch Talk, all one word. Receive 20% off your total purchase order and get free shipping. Uh, Manscaped sent me the performance package 4.0 that comes with their beard trimmer, uh, the Weed Whacker, which is for those unsightly ear and nose hairs, and then the lawnmower, which is for you downstairs. It also comes with the crop preserver and the crop reviver. Uh, that is for um, it's for your genitalia there, there boys. Uh, it'll keep you from, uh, if you've ever been in the south in the summer, uh, you know a little bit about how it feels down there in those two wonderful products will uh, help you feeling cool and keep you smelling good so you don't smell like a foot. So go to manscaped.com and if they are the leading company when it comes to men's grooming, they also the performance package comes with the most comfortable pair of underwear I've ever owned. So if you have never given Manscaped a try, I highly recommend them. You can go to manscaped.com, use Porch Talk as your promo code at checkout. Receive 20% off your total purchase order. And, uh, man, just look at my beard. If that says anything about them, should say it all. I got the best beard around. No doubt about it. Now, back to the show. Yeah. Tell, me Tell me a little, little bit about your guitar. guitar. Very, Very interesting chords. chords. Uh, chords? Hmm. Well, this is one of those songs, one of many songs that I've written where I come to my musicians later and I ask them, what is this chord? <laughs> yeah. I just know I, it's beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> I very much write this by ear. I mean, some chords, I, I, I'm, I'm not a big musician. I, if you ask me to play anything else, it'll take me a very long time to learn anything. Um, mm -hmm. So very much I play this by ear, you know, some chord progressions. I just go with them by ear. I'm not sure how to, how to say it better. I that's, never really know perfect. what they are before I have to write them down and present them to somebody else. <laughs> so, it's all good. Yeah. Well, well, what about, what about all, all the words? words? 
get, get on there. It's got a lot of lyrics actually from this album. I think a couple from a uh, from other songs. But yeah, some of my favorite lines are here. Ah, if I can read it. Um, well, all them rivers running blind and heartless. Let me run with them. Don't let me drown in these still waters. It was kind of a big mantra for me when feeling stuck when writing this. You know, um, a tattoo I have that's actually in Russian, but that's from Peter Pan, which was my favorite story growing up. Um, but it reads, well, in translation, and actually it's not translation, it's the original. <laughs> this one is technically translated. Um which is, um, oh gosh, Merry, Innocent, and Heartless, which was in the book, the description that, uh, uh, that Wendy gave to her daughter when she was telling her about, you know, why don't you fly anymore, mom, with all the stories of Peter Pan. And Wendy, the mom at that point, said that because the only people who can fly are the ones who are merry, innocent, and heartless. And grown-ups aren't like that anymore. And I always liked the idea of heartless being used in this very positive way, that it's not heartless like I don't care, but meaning, you know, just a little bit less heavy, a little bit less attached. Because um, kids are heartless in a very innocent way, in a very just, I don't have the capacity to care and I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to do it with my whole heart rather than that, uh, a malicious way. So to me, that was kind of the line of, oh, them rivers running blind and heartless. They just go. <laughs> I, like I like that. that. Yeah. And you know, and you know it's, it's just, just early, early in childhood, childhood that, that seems like some, some of the rare snapshots of people being them, them true selves. And, and the older, older they get, the further, the further they get away from it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then you start writing songs you think people might want from you rather than writing from the heart. And so I've always liked the idea of that heartlessness being in, being a good thing. Um, what yeah. else do I have on here? It's, it kind of goes <laughs> up and down. Uh, this is a line from Molds, another song from this one. Take my hand, let's jump headfirst into the wind. Hold my eyes with your eyes, don't ever let go. Let the wind change our course, reshape our molds. Don't be scared. I've done this before. <laughs> yeah. Very good. I always like writing on my guitars because you buy a new guitar and it's just so alien. It's like breaking into new shoes. To me, it's like mark it up, you know? Key the Tesla. <laughs> just uh, yeah. make it yours. And then, you, <laughs> and then you're committed. So. <laughs> well, uh, I think, I think I've got three, three more questions. questions. Yeah. Shoot. So, so plug, plug your socials. How can, how can people keep up with what you're doing? Mm. I'm most present on Instagram. That is my hub. This is where I'm alive. Everything gets copy pasted to Facebook. And I truthfully have not actually opened the, uh, the website in probably a decade. <laughs> so I'm not actually on there. It's a ghost. Um, yeah, I mean, the music is on all the streaming platforms now. Uh, and you will find me on a lot of platforms, all where the musicians are, uh, but Instagram would be the one place to connect with me. If you want to keep up with what I'm actually doing through my life, it's all there. <laughs> all right. All right. Question, Question two. Places. 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 Favorite, favorite, favorite place you've ever been, been? Hmm. or somewhere you'd like to go? Oh, same. Uh, Scotland. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I and why? I love it's so beautiful. It's the most crisp open air I've ever tasted or smelled or felt on my skin. It's the most beautiful views ever. My partner and I were traveling back to all the places I've been, many places. <laughs> um, but we traveled through Europe in kind of the tail end of COVID um, for like six months straight. And one of the last stops, we actually, we started in Ireland, just hopping buses and trains all around and barely, barely grazed through Scotland. It was just Glasgow and Edinburgh and then went on to the rest of the UK and Europe. And on the last kind of weeks, well, first of all, we needed to leave Europe for visa reasons, but we were like, okay, but one last hurrah, like, what didn't we do? What can we, like, what... 
And it was unanimously that we need to go to Scotland, we need to rent a van, and we need to properly explore the highlands and not just do the, the pubs in the big cities. And it was the most beautiful place I've ever been to, the most kind, selfless people. It's, it's wonderful. I'd go back in a heartbeat. Right on. Right on. And, and question three. three. It's a tough one. Okay. Will you, Will you share, share one more song? song? I'd love to. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, another song. I'm trying to think through which songs to share with you. Probably, I will share the song Molds. To me, Molds is okay. always such an inspiring song. I don't know if that's a tacky thing to say about your one, your own song, but Molds is always, to me, a call and a reminder to just take a step back, look at where you are, and notice the limitations that you're setting for yourself up. What are the things that you've learned as a kid that you never realized were even things or patterns that you that you have? Um, so it's a song all about breaking from your molds, noticing where you actually do have the power to change things in your life. So it's one I come back to myself, and it's 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 telling me something every time I sing it. Mm. Afraid of our
seeing with our mother's eyes, afraid of our own. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, well Varya, thank you, thank so, you so much for your time. time. Thank you for conversation. Having you, Alan. It's been great. And music. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think you're doing a great thing here, and it's an absolute pleasure to chat with you today. Right on. Right on. Well, thank, well, thank you. you so much. Yeah. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.